Hello, horse girls and guys. Welcome back. Hope y'all are having a splendid September so far. I'm here this morning with my coffee. So if you hear me pausing, that's I'm drinking my coffee. But um, today we're back with episode seven, I want to say uh, something like that. We're doing good so far. Um, so far, I think I've gotten all the episodes up on the day that like they're supposed to go up, which is Mondays and Thursdays. So go me. We're doing good so far. But hope you all are having a great week. Hope you all are having a great September. Um, in Iowa, it's been still pretty hot, um, especially like the last few days I've noticed. It's like pretty hot outside. So hopefully, you know, the warm weather sticks around for as long as possible. Um, but yeah, so today we are going to be talking about pet peeves because I used to watch these videos a lot and I actually just listened to Emma Chamberlain's podcast um, last week on her pet peeves. And sometimes like you get to listening to them and you're just like, you know what? I totally forgot that I hate that thing, but I do. And so after listening to hers, I was like, you know, I'm just going to make a list of all the things that just really irritate me. Some of them, most of them are horse related. Some of them are not. But I'm just going to make a list and then we're going to read it. <laughs> so I have, I don't even know, probably like 15 things maybe of stuff that just really irritates me. And um, it maybe it irritates you guys too. So we're just going to get right get right into it and get started. My first pet peeve that I put on this list is when my socks are wet or there's something in my shoes. So this came about because I was at work one day and me and the barn manager were cleaning stalls and there was a trainer there giving lessons in the arena. And when this trainer comes, normally she wears just tennis shoes. And so I asked, I was like, do you think she just walks around all day with her shoes just full of sand? And the barn manager was like, yeah, probably. I do it every day with mine because when we clean stalls, she gets shavings in her shoes. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, I, I cannot. I can't deal with. I don't know why. It's like maybe like a hypersensitivity thing, but I just, I cannot deal with anything being in my shoes and I cannot deal with my socks being wet. So like in the morning when I go out to feed my own horses, I usually wear my rubber boots every single day, even when it's hot out. Sometimes it's not even wet out. I just have to wear my rubber boots because if I step outside and I'm walking outside, the dew from the grass will just like soak my tennis shoes and it drives me insane. Sometimes I will literally just come in to change my socks before I go to work because I don't want to walk around with wet socks for the next two hours until they dry off. Um, so I can't stand like sand in my shoes. I can't stand the shavings in my shoes. Like if I leave a stall, I immediately have to dump out my shoes if that happens. So I just wear my boots the majority of the time. If I do wear my tennis shoes, I have to dump them out 45 times. So yeah, <laughs> I don't understand how people tolerate it. Oh, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm reading this list off my iPad 
in my lap. And we're going to hope that my iPad lasts <laughs> till I get through these because it's that 2%. Um, okay. So this next one, I might get a lot of flack for because I think that most people in my real life, honestly, think that I just hate dogs at this point because there are so many things. There's a lot of things on this list that pertain to dogs, but I feel like since we're horse people here and most horse people like have kind of the same mentality about dogs in my experience, maybe I won't, but I, I don't hate dogs. I love dogs. I think they are God's creation of infinite happiness. Um, and we're actually coming up on two years since I lost my dog and he was the best thing in my entire life. So I totally understand that dogs can do that for people. <laughs> but my pet peeve is when people who have no control over their dogs, especially big ones. So naturally I am a little dog person, but I have had far more big dogs in my life than I have little dogs. And I just, big dogs are often like a bigger problem than little dogs. So when people just don't have any control over their dogs, like it really drives me insane because in the way that I think about dogs is like they are going to be here to love you unconditionally forever for the rest of their lives. And we owe that to them to give them the best life that we possibly can. And so people just allow their dogs to be obnoxious and loud and out of control and just dogs don't know how dangerous they are. Like it's the same thing with horses, like horses don't know how dangerous they can be to us. And that's why us as horsemen have to teach them what behaviors are allowed and are not allowed so that people don't get hurt when we are handling horses or just being around horses. Like I would not take my horse Hazel, who is a Mustang with very minimal handling. I would not take her to like a little kid's birthday party because you were just asking for somebody to get hurt because she doesn't know how to act. She doesn't know what's expected of her. She's going to step on a kid. She's going to run over a kid. She's going to get scared and run through a crowd of kids. Like, no, that may, would make no sense. But maybe in 10 years after Hazel has had infinite handling and infinite experience, I could take her to a little kid's party because she would know what's expected of her. The same thing applies to dogs for me when people just refuse to teach their dogs anything because they think that it's being mean to them. Like, I do not think that disciplining your dog and having boundaries for your dog is mean or or anything like that is so that is like crucial, especially when you have a big dog that um that needs to have those rules. Like my dog, Riley, she's, she's not a big dog. She's a medium sized dog. She's maybe 50 pounds, but she needs to have rules because she is, she's a German short hair pointer and she's very hyper. So like if she didn't have rules, she would be bouncing all over people. She would probably bark and whine and just, she would be a complete nuisance. Like people allow their dogs to act so obnoxious that they become a nuisance to everyone else around them. And then they don't want to take their dogs anywhere. Then dogs aren't allowed places anymore. And then like people just don't want your dog around because you don't have any control over it. And that's not fair to the dog, in my opinion. Like teach your dog how 
to act around other people, teach your dog to have manners so that they can go out and enjoy the rest of the world. And they're not stuck like in a kennel their whole life or in a small backyard their whole life because you can't take it anywhere because you have no control over it. So yeah, that's how I feel about people not having control of their dogs. It just drives me insane. Like this whole dogs are dogs things. No, absolutely not. Dogs are incredibly intelligent animals. You can teach them absolutely anything in the world. (laughs) Have you seen these dogs out there learning sign language and sniffing bombs out of the ground and stuff? Like, no, there is no reason your dog cannot learn to not bark 24 hours a day. There's no reason your dog can't learn to not jump on people. Um, Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I mean, little dogs are the same. I'm not just targeting big dogs, but big dogs obviously are often more of a problem because they are 10 times the size. So if you're going to adopt a dog, if you're going to have a big dog, I think it is your utmost responsibility to train it, to teach it so that, you know, it can have a good life and you can take it everywhere. Um, So yeah, that's my TED talk about teaching your dogs. (laughs) Just teach them. Um, okay. My next one is, is a horse one again. Um, when people call my horse a pony as some sort of discredit to her. So my horse is obviously very small sugar. All of my horses, actually, most of them are like 14 hands. BB's a little taller. Luna is like 15 hands, but my whole life people have just called sugar a pony. And it's not that I'm offended about them calling them a, her a pony because she's obviously in that height range, but it's like as a discredit, like, oh, well, she's just a trail pony. I remember somebody said that to me once and I was like, okay, screw off. Like, what is, what's so great about your horse? I'm sorry. Your horse is a brat. I don't care how tall it is. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, sorry, there's a gnat on me and I have to get it. Got it. <laughs> um, that just drives me nuts. It's like people act like their horse is better than mine just because they're taller. I'm like, I'm sorry, this pony will go through absolutely anything you point her at. This pony will cross anything I point her at. We could do anything with this pony. So get off your high horse, literally. Okay. Um, so this one is because I have worked at a boarding facility like most of my adult life. But when people leave the dump carts or the spreader full. So I've had I've worked at other barns where we've done all of the work with wheelbarrows or with dump carts and stuff and that's great. But it's like the other people that clean stalls before you are just so lazy or they just just are rude basically and they just leave all of them full. So when you come to clean stalls, you have to dump the carts first and then you have to dump the carts again when you're done because they were too lazy to just dump them while they were doing it. That is rude. That is so rude. And then at the barn that I work at now, we do the stalls via um, skid steer. So we just bring the skid steer up the aisles and then we muck into the bucket. So we don't have to do wheelbarrows, which is super nice. But then we take it out and we dump it in a manure spreader. And whoever did chores like the day before, sometimes they will just leave the manure spreader full. So when you get there, you have to take it out. And then when you're done doing stalls, you have to take it out again because it's full. And that's rude. That is rude. I understand sometimes like if it was pouring down rain that day and, you know, you just skipped it because it was pouring down rain or the tractor wouldn't start or whatever. But if it's a perfectly nice day, there is no reason 
for you to leave the spreader full for me. There's not. And plus, our barn is really nice because the flies are pretty minimal. I mean, we have flies because, hello. But they're pretty minimal because we don't have a manure pile. And so that's one thing the barn manager really likes is the fact that we spread the manure and we don't have a manure pile because it keeps the fly population down so much. So thank you for leaving the spreader full and probably hatching 10,000 more flies. Next. Um, when people act like you're unsafe for walking around or under your horse's neck, I get this. This is more of a YouTube thing. Like people in my real life honestly don't care. But people on YouTube, like I'll walk under my horse's neck or I'll walk a foot away from her butt and people are like, oh, you're being unsafe. Why are you demonstrating that when that's unsafe? It's like, dude, go away. Like <laughs> I have had this horse for 15 years. Me standing behind her butt, like she's not going to kick me. I could stand here for an hour and I know for a fact she's not going to kick me. If she does, she's going to regret it. But, like, I just feel like we're in the 21st century of horses. Like, if I'm teaching little kids how to walk around horses, yes, I will teach them to walk out and around the horse because kids are small and Sugar may not see them if she goes to step to the side or something. That makes sense. I am a five foot five human being. So, yes, she has full view of me at all times, no matter where I'm at on her body, unless I'm directly behind her and she's not looking. But still, she knows that I'm back there. She's not going to kick me. She's not going to step on me. She's not going to run over me if I go under her neck. <laughs> like, this isn't our first day together. So, yeah, do what you want with your own horse, but like, go away. Thank you. Okay. This one really irritates me. So when people allow their horse to be aggressive on trail rides and such, so it doesn't have to be just trail rides, but that's oftentimes where I experience it, but I also just mostly trail rides. So, but when people act or people allow their horses to act aggressive towards other horses, now I'm not going to lie. My horse has had her moments and I usually am very embarrassed and I apologize because it, usually it happens when I'm not paying attention to her, but I try to keep an eye on her at all times when other horses are pretty close to us because she does get snippy about other horses being in her space. Like, But she has never, ever going down a trail, reached out and lunged at another horse to get away from her. Never. And oh my God. If she did that, I would come unleashed. Um, and more recently, the last endurance event that I went to, we had our little um, comp group because I was riding the 12-mile comp. And there was like five or six of us. And this guy is riding this horse and he is struggling with this horse pretty much the whole time because his horse is kind of a total jerk. Um, but... We were at the water tank because there's water tanks out on the trail. So we're at the water tank offering horses a drink. And usually we go like a couple horses at a time. We don't try and crowd them all around the tank. But we go a couple horses at a time. We're done. We're standing there for a second. And all of a sudden his horse lunges at our group leader's horse. And she smacks him with her. She has like a little dressage whip or whatever. And she was like, that was completely unnecessary. My horse was nowhere near your horse. 
I will smack your horse with this whip in the face if it tries to do that again. And the guy's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I understand, you know, I, I'm not going to have a horse that's that's aggressive. And I was like, dude, you have let your horse lunge at everyone else's horse this entire ride. Like, BB was riding behind this horse for a while, not even close to him, like five foot from him. And he, like, kicked back at her a couple times. And the guy didn't do anything. He just kept riding along. Why are you letting your horse do that? Like, you are making your horse a danger to everyone else around. And what I have found with horses is when you start letting them do that, um, especially in very minimal cases when horses are farther away, it's just going to get worse. Anytime a horse comes around him, he's going to be like, get out of my space and bite them or kick at them. And you're making a dangerous horse. Like, there are people that get kicked by other horses in the knee or in the calf or in the ankle and break their leg. That's going to be your horse if if you just allow them to be rude jerks like that. There's no reason that they need to act like that under saddle and you need to go back to the basics. I said what I said. Um oh, this is kind of this kind of goes along with this one just like basic trail etiquette, but when people ride up your horse's butt, I don't like that on trail rides. Now, my horse is not going to lunge at your horse, but she does not appreciate it either. And she will give your horse the side eye about 14 times. And usually Sugar has found to get away from horses that are in her butt, she just trots away. (laughs) She just trots so that she can get away from them and be in her own space, which I will allow sometimes. Like if a horse is really riding up our butts for more than five minutes, I'm like, okay, let's get away from this horse because I don't appreciate it either. You know, I don't know if your horse is going to reach up and, and bite my horse's butt or something. Like, horses do that crap all the time. Just have basic trail etiquette and don't crowd other people. I mean, I learned that in, like, Girl Scout summer horse camp when I was nine. Like, that's basic trail etiquette as you don't crowd other people's horses. Even if my horse is not responding to it, it's just rude for you to be breathing down my back. Um... This is not a horse one, but I don't know if any of you guys are vegan out there like myself or just are dairy free. Like I know a lot of people just are dairy free these days because of lactose intolerance or whatever. But when coffee shops do not have a dairy free option, like what? It's usually not an issue. Um, Like with places like Starbucks or Dunkin' or whatever, those places usually always have it. But small town coffee shops that don't have, like, even just soy milk. Like, I'm fine with whatever. I prefer, like, oat milk or almond milk. Actually, I like coconut better than almond. But anyway, long story short, if you don't have a a single dairy-free option, I'm just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, this coffee is, like, booming right now. In the last few years, like it has been coffee is a huge industry. So, and this is like 2022. How do you not have even soy milk? I mean, come on. I will just leave. Like I I will just leave and not buy a single thing because I don't really enjoy black coffee. I mean, I will drink it down if I'm desperate for a cup of coffee. I will just, just do it. But in this day and age, I feel like why do you at least not have soy milk? Come on. Um, this is also not a horse one, but when somebody leaves the bathroom floor wet after they shower, usually, because 
How hard is it to just throw a towel down, scoot the towel around with your foot, and mop up the water you left all over the floor? Or if someone took a bath or whatever, water all over the floor. Drives me crazy because then guess what happens? I walk in the bathroom, my socks are wet. Now I got to go change my socks because you left water all over the floor after you showered. And I probably don't even have any more clean socks. Ugh. Why? Why? Just throw a towel on the floor and mop it up. Thank you. Um, okay. I have I have a couple more dog ones. <laughs> I have a lot of pet peeves when it comes to dogs. Just because I am very particular about how my dogs act because like I said earlier. Anyways, um, barking dogs at campgrounds. So this goes for actually any campground, horse campgrounds and not horse campgrounds. My family has camped for years and years. So we've done a lot of camping at just traditional campgrounds. And I don't think that barking dogs should be allowed anywhere. Now, yes, I understand dogs bark at things because they are dogs and it is their instinct to alert and bark at things. I'm not saying your dog cannot bark one time. I'm saying that if your dog is going to stand there and bark for 60 minutes straight, don't bring it. Like, that is obnoxious. That is rude to everybody else in the campground that does not want to listen to your dog bark or yap or whatever it does. Don't bring it. Every time another dog walks by, it barks and goes nuts. Don't bring it. Like, that is annoying. That's irritating. It's <laughs> Nobody else wants to listen to that. There's no reason your dog cannot learn to control the barking. And if they're going to bark for long periods of time, campground probably just isn't the place for them. And then, like at horse campgrounds, obviously it's good for horses to learn how to be around barking dogs and they're not going to get eaten by a dog barking. But if your dogs bark at every time a horse walks by, it's like, oh my God, okay, I don't, Lord help me that I don't get put in a spot next to somebody with a dog like that because why why would you bring it or leave it in your camper don't leave it outside for hours while you're on your trail ride if it's gonna bark every time a horse walks by I mean give me a break put it in your camper nobody wants to listen to that nobody um okay this one oh yeah okay another one having dogs off leash at horse parks and stuff I see this a lot and sometimes it is not an issue, but sometimes it is an issue. And we go trail riding at different parks a lot. And some of these parks um, are also hiking. Most of them are hiking parks, biking parks, whatever. So there's a lot of people there that are not on horseback. But there's almost 99% of the time a sign that says dogs must be leashed. And do people do it? No. Nope. They think, oh, well, my dog's better than all those dogs and I don't have to follow the rules, so I'm not going to put him on a leash. And then what happens? A horse goes by and their dog comes after the horses. And they either can't get control of their dog or their dog does come back. But oftentimes you're, you can spook a horse or your, your dog can get stepped on by the horse. We had um, a pretty green broke horse one time in our group a few years ago. And, like, she was a good horse, and we didn't think she would probably freak out too badly, but somebody brought their dog on their horse ride or whatever, another group, 
and well, it was not on a leash or anything. They couldn't. They had no control over it actually because it was just following their group. But it came running after our group of horses, and so we were yelling at our friend who was on this green broke horse. And so obviously that makes her nervous. And who knows if that dog would have come up, run around her horse, or ran underneath her horse, or whatever. Like just. Don't bring your dogs if you're not going to leash them when it's required to leash them. That is just the polite thing to do for everybody and the safer thing to do for everybody. I see videos on Facebook all the time of like dogs that are coming after people's horses and they got it on videotape and stuff and just it's not okay. Just it's not okay. And if you don't know if your dog is going to react poorly or not to horses, why, and you know, this is a horse park. Like, you know, people bring their horses here to ride. Why would you leave them off a leash? Um, next, <laughs> when people bring their dogs to the barn and then they don't want to watch them. So this happens at the barn that I work at a lot, which for one, dogs are not allowed at the barn that I work at. So I don't know why people just think the rules don't apply for them and their dog's better than everyone else's. So they just get to bring their dog anyways, but they do. And then they don't want to watch them. Like they bring their dogs and then they don't want to watch them while they ride their horse or whatever. So they just lock them in a stall or something. It's like, okay, great. Now me, the stall cleaner, gets to listen to your dog freaking whine for the next hour because you had to bring it here and don't want to watch it. So now it's just sitting in a stall. Just don't bring it then. Don't bring it. (laughs) I don't want to listen to it. And I don't want to have to watch out for it when I'm cleaning stalls or when I'm backing up the skid steer or whatever. Like, just leave your dog at home. The barn isn't a dog park. Um, Another thing that drives me nuts at the barn that I work at is people will just park their horses in the aisle when I'm trying to clean. Like I said, we clean with a skid steer. So it's not just like a wheelbarrow that I can wheel around their horse. No, I'm in the middle of cleaning this whole aisle of stalls with this big piece of machinery and you just park your horse in the cross ties right behind it for the next 35 minutes. Do you think I just look at these stalls all day? Like, so then I have to sit there and wait 35 minutes for this person to get done grooming and tacking up and giving their horse a bath and putting their hoof oil on and braiding their horse's tail to get out of my way so I can keep cleaning stalls. And I get paid by the hour. So it drives the barn management nuts too for me to just be wasting 35 minutes because you had to park your horse right behind the skid steer. Like, what do you think I'm doing? (laughs) I'm literally cleaning the stalls. I have to move up and down this aisle. Why would you think it makes any sense to just park your horse in the cross ties right there? There's a whole nother aisle that you could be using. And when people make appointments, we recently just had to implement a new rule that nobody is allowed to be in the stall barn until after 10 a.m. because it got to the point that it was so ridiculous we couldn't we couldn't clean stalls or do anything because people would schedule all their farrier appointments they'd schedule all their vet visits and everything right away in the morning and then for some reason i don't know why don't ask me why they can't do these appointments anywhere else on the property than right there in the stall barn so we can't 
do anything because all these horses are just parked in our way and we can't move the skid steer. Um, and I don't know why the farrier can't trim hooves outside in the driveway or in the grass or at the hitching posts outside. They all have to do it right here in the stall barn, right in front of everything. So we recently had to put in a new rule that nobody's allowed to do anything in there until t- after 10 a.m. when at least most of the stalls will probably be almost done or whatever. But that's how little common sense people have is that it happens over and over and over again. And I sit there looking at you tack up your horse waiting for you to move and then they st- and they just still don't get it. Still don't get it. I get it. They pay $500 a month or whatever to have their horse there. That's great. Take your horse out to the hitching post and tack him up. I'm not saying you can't ride your horse or can't tack up your horse. Just take him out of the way. There's infinite amount of spots on this property that you could tack up your horse, except for right there. Um, next, when horses waste half of the hay that they are given, but their owners still think they need more. Um, this is really really common um, at the barn that I work at. I don't know why. Everybody thinks their horse needs to have three bales of hay per day. And then their horses stomp it all into their stall floor and shit all over it and pee all over it. And they waste it all anyways. But their owners are still like, oh, I'm here. I'll just give them some more hay. Why? Why? They're literally just going to waste it. They are not hungry. They don't want it. They're just going to poop all over it. Please, Stop wasting money. Stop wasting perfectly good, expensive hay because you think that your horse is starving and they're just going to poop all over it. Would be really nice because that hay is like $8 a bale. (laughs) Okay, hold on. My recording's going to stop and I don't want to get cut off. Okay, so as I was saying, they think that their horses just need to eat 24-7. And then sometimes we get in new borders and they put down on like the fill-out sheet boarding agreement thing, free choice hay. And I'm just like, what? Like, free choice hay? Do you think this is the Chinese buffet or something? Like, I have never been to a boarding facility. I have never seen a boarding facility that allows free choice hay in a stall. No, ma'am. Your horse is getting allotted five flakes per day. And it will be fine because it will waste half of it anyways. So, yeah. um, We had a, a horse that was gone for, like, over a week. Probably a month ago or so. And they... They bring her back. She was was at the vet. They bring her back and the owner puts her away and she's like, well, I might just come back later today and bring her in early to give her more hay since she missed out on five days of hay. And I'm like, why? So that she can just shit all over it. Basically, it just gets put in the spreader and wasted because she's not going to eat it. She does. This horse doesn't even eat her hay that she gets at night. It's all over her stall in the morning. Why would you just bring her in early just to get more hay? It's not our fault that your horse went to the vet for a week. Maybe you should have taken five days worth of hay with you. Quit wasting stuff. Um, same thing with the next one is when people want more bedding in their horse's stall, even though there is a mountain of bedding in their horse's stall. 
some of these stalls, you guys have an insane amount of bedding in them, like six inches deep in bedding. You know how long it takes me to clean out a 10 by 10 stall because it's got so much bedding in it. I have to spend a half an hour sifting through it too long. That is too long. And all of the horses in our barn go out during the day. So they're not in their stall for 24 hours. If they lived in their stall, it might be a different story, but they go out every day, all day. They spend maybe 12 hours in their stall. They don't need six inches of bedding in there. That is crazy. And then people like, oh, well, my horse has a hock sore. Yeah, that's because that's how your horse gets up. I mean, the... so then they got to buy these boots to put on their horse's hocks. And then us as the barn people are responsible for putting them on and taking them off every single day. And if you don't put them on one night, oh my gosh, your horse is going to get a hock sore. End of the world. It's like, ma'am. Your horse doesn't need six inches of sawdust in their stall. I said my piece. Okay. This is my last one. And um, I experienced this both at um, the horse barn that I work at as well as the dog groomers that I used to work at. But it bothers me when employees aren't honest about how somebody's animal is truly acting. So. This would really bother me at the dog groomers that I'd work at because the owners would then like come back to get their dog once their dog is done and they'd be like, oh, how did they do? And everyone would be like, oh, good. Your dog was so good. That dog was not good. Like it tried to bite me three times, putting it in the tub. It squirmed around. It didn't want to be touched. It tried to bite me, clipping its nails. It almost expressed its anal glands all over the place. Your dog was not good, but everybody's going to be like, oh, he was so good. No. And especially if I was the owner, like if I take my dog to a groomer or to get a bath or whatever, I want them to tell me really how she did. Like I want them to be honest with me because if she tried to bite somebody, oh, we're going to fix that really quick because my dog will not be biting anybody. So I want to know truly how she did. I don't want them to sugarcoat it. And so like when I would work at the dog groomers, I would be like, why are we lying to the owners? Why are we lying to the owners? And really, it's because the same as horse owners, there is hypersensitive dog owners out there that think their, their, their dog walks on water, can't do a single thing wrong. And so when you tell them your dog tried to bite me four times, they'll be like, oh, my dog doesn't do that. It must have been someone else's dog. It wasn't mine. And it's like, okay, your dog's name is Charlie, right? Yeah, it was your dog. Don't know what to tell you. Um, especially puppies. Puppies are a freaking nightmare at the groomers because they don't know where they are. They don't know the people. They maybe have never had a bath before, so they have no idea what's going on. And I want to let that owner know, you need to work with this dog at home before you bring it back because that was ridiculous. And I have had some puppies that are absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I don't like when we lie to the owners. And then when pe with people's horses, especially, like, they are 1,200-pound animals. If your horse is a jerk, I'm going to tell you that your horse is a jerk. If your horse smacks me with its head every day when I go in the stall, I will smack your horse back in the head until it knocks it off because it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's dangerous. It's rude. And horse owners should know that. That's how your horse acts when you're not here. That's what I have to deal with every single day with your horse when you're not here. And if that was my horse, 
I would want to work on those things so that the barn employees don't have to deal with it because that's not fair to them. Um, so yeah, I don't like when, when we sugarcoat things, like just tell the owners how their animals truly act. Why is it that hard? Okay. So that's all my current pet peeves <laughs> or all the ones that I thought of for today. And so let me know what you think about that down below. Let me know what your pet peeves are down below, but I want to move on to the question of the day, which I just got on my most recent video, a full barefoot trim on my horse where I trimmed BB's four feet. And Catherine McGee commented, I need some advice. My horse is okay when I pick his hooves. Sometimes wants to pull a little bit like BB, but just I just hold him till he stops. But he's bad for the farrier. All he gets is a trim. He acts like he can't stand on three legs and seems like he's thinking... He thinks about kicking when he gets his back hooves done. It's so embarrassing. I just want him to stand still. What can I do for that? Okay. So, so this is kind of odd if your horse is fine for you, but acts bad for the farrier. So honestly, my guess, I guess it's kind of hard because do you know if your horse is doing this because it's a different person that's doing his hooves? Like, is he just testing because this is a different person or is he just not tolerant of the feeling of the trimming? Because I know some horses that just hate the feeling of the rasp or they hate the feeling of the nippers. Um, my horses all stand perfectly fine to get their hooves picked. But when I used to do soccer's hooves, he hated getting his hooves done. Like every time I would rasp off his hooves, he'd try and try and pull his foot back. And I think that's just because he disliked the feeling of the rasp on his feet, which I can imagine it, it's probably a weird feeling. But I guess my suggestion with that would be to buy a rasp or I don't know if you want to go as far as buying nippers, but you can buy rasps at like at just like the feed store and stuff. A lot of times they have like a little section of horseshoes and knives and stuff. I would just buy a rasp and practice it at home. Like see if when you pick up his foot and you like rasp it a little bit, if he pulls away and stuff like that. And you can just rasp off like the edges of his feet, like if he's got any sharp points or whatever, and just rasp it a little bit and see if, if he acts that way when you're doing it with his hooves. Because Sometimes horses will just test somebody that's not you because they're not used to being handled by anyone but you. So you could just be testing the farrier because it's some, somebody else handling his feet. Or he must, might just hate the feeling of having his hooves done. So you can work on it at home like that. Otherwise, the more difficult way, but maybe the more effective way, um, would be to lunge him every time that he does that. If he keeps pulling away or keeps falling like he's going to fall over um, on three legs. Or if he acts like he wants to kick the farrier, I would make his butt run. Like run in circles, not just trot around for a minute. Make him run and make him work and make him sweat. So every time he does that, he realizes he's going to have to work 10 times harder because you're going to make him run. And if he just stands still, then it's going to be a lot easier. Now, your farrier might get irritated with that. <laughs> So that's why I suggest practicing it at home. And if you have somebody else to hold him um, while you work on rasping away at his feet or whatever, um, every time he does that, I would make him do hot laps. And that's how my horses have all learned you better straighten your butt out unless you want to do hot laps. <laughs> but um, that's really tough. Like, especially when 
you know, he's doing it. He's not doing it when you're there. So that would be my suggestions. Um, not really sure if there's a better way trying to think. I mean, really just making him work or backing him way up every time he does it back and back and back and back him all the way across the ring if you have to. But some horses, like, they don't think that's enough work and you have to do hot laps with them. But that would be my suggestion. Um, go buy a rasp and just, like, practice it, you know, and see if that's the issue, if, if that's why he, he hates it so much. Um, but I'm at just about 40 minutes, so... I think this episode has been long enough. Uh, let me know what you guys think down below. If you have any pet peeves that you just can't stand about the barn or about just life in general. So anyways, um, make sure to check out the description if you are on YouTube or on Spotify or Anchor or wherever you're listening. Um, I have all of my social medias and my buy me a coffee and everything and TikTok down there and my discount codes. So make sure to check it out before you leave and leave a comment down below and I'll see you guys later. Bye.